You are listening to the Revive the World Ministries podcast. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.org or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. As you know, when you come into when you come into what most of us in America call a church, um, which we know is a building, and that we are the church, but we come into a family. Hopefully, <clears throat> if you've, and when you're a part of a, a family like this, you come into a vision that that's been birthed by the visionaries within that particular family within that particular ministry. And it's real important to find out what, the, what that vision is. Because when you, when you come into it, you become a part of it. Right? You're just as much a part of it as the visionary. You're just as much a part of it as the, as the leadership team. You're just as much a part of it as anybody else because it takes all of us. Right? It takes all of us. We are the body of Christ. And to accomplish a vision within a family it takes all the different moving parts, just as it does to accomplish the vision that Jesus has for the whole world. Right? It takes the whole body of Christ. There's, it's just, it's much bigger than us. Always, always is. It's good to remember that. Gives you in a in a in a real healthy place to remember. It's it's way bigger than than this this one family. It's a, it's a global thing that God is doing, and we're grateful. As you've seen the name, I mean, it's Revive the World Ministries. I got that name in 2009. I was in prayer, and God spoke, spoke that to me. He said, this is what it's, it's going to be named. I'm like, what is going to be named? We've got nothing. <laughs> I don't have any. I don't not, we're not leading anybody. I'm not doing it. I'm not really, you know, I was just trying to figure out how to be a Christian, really. I didn't know what it was to be a son or anything, and so God's just so good and so faithful, and these are His 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 plans, and 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 part of that plan is us getting to revive the the world and doing our one part. You know, it's just <clears throat> as we like to say, you just stay in your lane, <laughs> stay in your lane, do what you're supposed to do, and uh, you'll operate out of the grace. And the and the uh, the favor and the anointing that's on your life, and you'll thrive in that place. Have you found out what gives you life yet? I, I hope so. There's things that are life giving, and we don't get to do everything that's life giving. You know, there's things that that kind of that draw that out of us more than give it to us, and that's just that's just part of life. But the older we get, hopefully, the more things that we get to do that are life giving. And one of the things that I get to do that's life giving is is go to the nations now. It's one of the things that I, I, get to be a, I get to be a part of. And by coming into this family, <clears throat> you've come in to be a part of, of, of reviving the nations and what that looks like. And so I'm just going to briefly, I'm going to introduce somebody else that's, that's speaking here in a moment. But <clears throat> you guys are just as much a part of, of any place that I go as I am. Without you guys, we, we can't do this. Without the team, without this family, we're not able to accomplish what God wants us to. And so 
some of you in this room are, are called to the nations. It's probably not a lot of you, but there are a few of you, I know at least. And um, that's <clears throat> God's timing, right? It's, you, you want to go. Trust me, you want to go in his timing. <laughs> so when God said, we want you to revive the world, um, I had no idea what that would look like. And then, and then Pakistan was the first place on the radar, which I told you all I would have picked somewhere um, probably a little south of here, <laughs> a little south of here. And, um, but when he, when he gives you a place, he, he gives you a, a heart for the people and that's how you know. And so now I'm, I'm, you know, I feel just as connected there when I'm here, something happens there. I feel it. I can't explain it to you. Some of you probably understand that, but I, I feel, I feel it. Something happens to one of our brothers and sisters now over in the Middle East. I feel it. It. I grieve. It's. I celebrate and I with them and I grieve with them, <clears throat> and so, it's beautiful. And so, as you know, Matt and I, Matt General and I, who uh, is Matt's a son in the Lord. He's not just going on these trips just because he's a good traveling buddy, but he's definitely a son in the Lord. He's a son of this house. You all don't see him. He's not a regular regular part of here. Um, yet, but he is a, definitely a son of this house, and um, and so traveling with him is a real honor for me because he adds so much value to to my life and teaches me so much on these trips. And um, to go on trips like that alone to me would would be uh, what's a good word for it? Irresponsible <laughs> to me. You need to you need to take somebody with you anyway. Um, just because of a lot of reasons some of y'all get. <clears throat> just good. So we've got two weeks. I leave two weeks from today. I actually leave on the 25th of April. We need y'all to be praying, not just remember, we're established. We're being established. The school is being planted in May. We're announcing it this time. The discipleship, nine-month discipleship school. So we're being established there, and this is just the first place. So I'm asking y'all not just to pray for us during this time. I'm asking this to, for, for y'all to make this a regular part of your prayer life every day of your life here moving forward. This isn't just before trips, during trips, and after trips. We definitely need your prayers then. I'd like you to hike it up another level during that time. But all year round, we need to be praying with our family at, at Grace Network and our, our brothers and sisters in the Middle East and what's going on there. Um, because we're, you know, we're their, we're their covering now. You believe that? I know you look around and you see this little building. Don't ever judge a book by its cover. <clears throat> Speaking of, no. I'll, I'll let social media. <laughs> but we, we need, we need your, we need your prayers and we still need, we still need some, we still need some finances. And so we need you to sow in prayer, and we need you to sow in finances if the Lord speaks to you. We just ask you to pray. We've got other people around the region. I can't tell you how many churches that have sown into the last two trips um, because it's another, we're raising $25,000 to go this time. I mean, that's, that's not like a, you know, it's not like a few hundred dollars. <laughs> I realize the amount of the money, and you, you may have the perception that things are cheaper over there. No, there, that has happened all over the world. 
you, you see inflation happening here? You see gas prices, you see all that stuff? You're familiar with that? It's happening everywhere. What used, Now all their prices have hiked up four times, so everything that we're doing is costing more, literally. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's, uh, it's not cheaper to go to some places around the world, unfortunately. I wish it was. And the dollar doesn't go as far as it, as it used to, even though it's still just barely valued more than, than what they have. <clears throat> so, so we just ask that you would pray. And, um, and remember that there's senders and those that are sent. And this is going to be exciting. We're going to get to pour into pastors and leaders this time um, and in the villages that people aren't going out to. And so I am super excited about these pastors and leaders conferences, these other things that we're doing, and about the launching of the school, and about going back out to the villages, too, to, clean, uh, to plant another clean water hand pump. You know, we'll do a whole lot in one day out in the villages. And so, so thank you for Jet, pray for Jet Bounce, Supernatural Energy, <laughs> all, all those things. And um, because there's, I had a friend that just went, I'll close with this, and we'll pray, and, and then I'll, invite the speaker up. But I had a friend that just went there, <clears throat> Bob Spurlock. He's been going there for the last six years. I can't tell you how many times he's been, 14, 15 times. Guy's minister with Randy Clark and Bill Johnson. He's, I think he's in his 70s. And um, he told me that he saw when they were there last time, the signs of revival like they saw early on in Toronto are happening now in Pakistan among the pastors. It's, he said, it's, he said in the last six years, I never seen, he said, this is what we've been praying for. This is what people for decades have been sowing into for this to happen, what's happening right now. And God allows us to come and be a part of it. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's never we're starting something. It's we're coming and we're adding value to what God's already doing with them and the people that are there like Donish and Anita and their whole team that are working tirelessly on a daily basis to sow into the people, and then we get to come and throw gas on the fire. Isn't that exciting that we get to be a part of that? <clears throat> come on. Be excited, too, that, that you aren't called to go. You know, be excited about what you're called to do. That's what's, that's what's most important. Get excited about it, and don't ever, don't ever covet what somebody else is doing that you're not called to. I did that for a lot of years and wasted a lot of, a lot of head space. It's, it's, not, it's not as glamorous as you might think <laughs> to do what other people are doing. So just if you would pray with me um, and ask the Holy Spirit if he'd have you all give. And, and remember, if you don't know what to pray in certain moments before the trip or during the trip or after it, just pray in the Spirit if you get a prayer language. You're always a safe bet <laughs> to pray in the Holy Spirit. So Father, thanks so much for this family. Thank you for people that have bought into the, to the vision, Lord, to revive the, the world. And thank you that we get to be a part of what you're doing in the nations. And so, Holy Spirit, would you come and would you just give us the grace for intercession, the way that you want us to intercede, the way that we were created to intercede for our brothers and sisters, for this trip, for what you're going to do. And we thank you that you are our provider ultimately. You take care of us, and you've got, you've got this. And so thanks for the rest of the money for this trip. Um, in Jesus' name, amen. So thank you guys for, for all your prayers. We're super grateful. And uh, just so you know, Donish and them have intercessors, 80 intercessors. I think I told you this a couple weeks ago. 80 intercessors that are praying around the clock for us, for our family, for Revive the World family, not just us, like me and Lindsay, but all of us. So people are praying for you on the other side of the world all the time. 
And so, don't waste any more time, but uh, I get to introduce Sarah today. She's going to finish what she started last week. And so, if you would come, and just if you would welcome Sarah as she comes. Good morning. Hey, hey. New people are probably like, man, this girl's just doing everything here. <laughs> I like what Tony said. The the most the most powerful and the most important call there is is what you're called to. It's not about, well, what's Sarah called to? She's doing everything. Tony called to. He's going to the nations. The most powerful and most important call there is in your life should be the one that God's calling you to. Let's put that much honor and gratitude on the things that God's calling us to. And it'll keep us humble and it'll keep us from trying to be like everybody else. Is that good? What you're called to is important thought that was great. So today we're going to continue on in this little mini, two-week mini-series that I got going here. Um, last, last Sunday was super powerful. Um, we talked about living from higher perspectives. And so this week I'm going to get into the portion of experiencing kingdom, kingdom realities. We got there. We got to um, the higher perspective portion, we got there by talking about transforming our minds. We got there by talking about changing our minds through repentance, right? That Greek word, metanoia, to change my mind after being with him. So when we change our minds, it, it, it gives us higher thinking. And when we have higher thinking, we are welcomed into higher perspective and from a higher perspective, there's an invitation to higher believing. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning, higher believing. Raise your, raise your, raise your hand. Wave at me if you were not here last Sunday. Cool, just a couple of you. I would encourage you to go back and listen to um, last week so that it'll tie into today. But I do because there's uh, quite a few people who weren't here. Um, we talked about this funny-looking dress, and this is going to set up um, kind of the basis of what we're talking about today. You guys remember this? Okay, I'm going to show, show everyone remember who wasn't here um, seeing this dress online? Okay, wh are, who's seeing black and gold? Are, who's seeing white and gold? Who's seeing blue and black? Okay, cool. So I'm going to throw up another picture for everybody who was here last week so it can be more fun for us because we've already seen this dress and talked about it a lot. So we're going to throw up this picture. <laughs> Who's seen pink and white? And then what other color is it? Because I only see pink and white. It's like gray and blue. It's crazy, right? Some people see pink and white, and I think the other one is gray and blue. Okay, well, you're wrong. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I got this picture up here today so that I can just re-kind of iterate, and then we'll move forward what this pr biblical principle is that we're talking about today. What's happening in this picture is in reality... 
the real reality, the real, my dad, you better watch it. It's, dad, you're back there cutting up. I'm just joking. Okay, um, in reality, this shoe is pink and white. <laughs> in the reality, holding the shoe, it's pink and white. But those who see gray and blue, that's, that's the reality that your mind is telling you what to see with your eyes. And so what's happening in our brains, just quickly bringing it down to the level that I can understand, um, is this is a picture. And so our brain, when we're in this room, I can tell the colors and, I, and my mind is telling my eyes what I'm looking at and what I'm perceiving because I can see where the light's coming from and the shadows and, and, and that's playing into what's creating my reality that I see with my eyes. What I see is only half the thing. But what I believe about what I see is actually what's going to create my reality. And so the crazy thing about this is it's a picture. And so our minds look at a picture and has to create the reality itself because it's not there to take in the light and the surroundings. So this is in a dark room and there was a flash. And so it's overexposed. And so our brains have to decide because it wasn't there to see that. What colors is happening here? Is it white and pink and it's just overly exposed or is it gray and blue what what the shadows are doing in the room is our brain is helping our brain determine what we're viewing okay the the biblical principle to this is so many people will look at this and have two different created realities and it doesn't matter what you tell them or what you say what they see with their eyes i mean that's what we use for our for our this realm of faith, show me with, when I see it with my eyes, I'll believe it. <laughs> That's what, this is my reality. So the interesting thing is that it's not that everybody sees different things. The thing that I think is crazy is that what I'm seeing is what's real to me. What you see becomes what's real to you. But there is a higher truth. And the higher truth is, there is a reality. When I see the whole picture, I can fully determine what the reality is. You with me? Um, and when I saw the dress for the first time, the only reason that I knew that it was a real thing was because it changed in front of my eyes. My mind saw the full picture, took time to study it, and then it changed its conclusion about what the reality of this dress was. My mind changed, then my perspective changed. Then what I believed about what was happening changed. So Sunday we talked about how when we change our mind through repentance, because repentance means to change my mind, to change the way I believe. I change my mind then my perspective will change because I get to this, I have higher thinking because my mind is changed into the mind of Christ um, because we have the mind of Christ now. And so my thought patterns aren't from my old way of thinking, but it's now my new way of thinking with the mind of Christ. So I'm in this higher thinking, and now I'm seeing from a higher perspective because Jesus' mind is seated in heavenly places. He's in the right hand of the Father, right? And so his mind is up there. And that's, I, I think that in heaven is probably the highest perspective there is. 
And so when I think like him, I see like him. When I think like him, having a higher perspective is a, is a positioning of myself. But who knows, there's two realities. Because I'm right here, but Jesus says I'm, I'm up there. And so where's the disconnect of getting what's up there into me that's right here? And then out of me around here in my circumstances, in my, you know, in my life. And I believe that every time we're invited to put in this position of a higher perspective, there is an invitation from the Lord for higher believing. And the higher believing is what I believe is the key to transformation of the mind. Just like the, the eyes are the gateway or the doorway to the heart. Our mind, will, and emotions. Our mind and our, and our heart are so intricately connected. So when we change our minds, something happens to the condition of our heart. And if our eyes are the doorway to our mind, will, and emotions, then I believe that our mind is the doorway to better believing, which is the doorway to these kingdom realities being able to come in and come through and have power in our lives. But I believe even so today as what God is doing in worship and everything, there's, there's a thing in here that he's, he's bringing to be more of the spark of the message. And I touched on it briefly, but I feel like God's saying this is really it today. What he wants to do in our specific body in this family is that we do not have the power in our own strength to believe better. It's not about what I can do. I'll never be able to strong arm my beliefs. I can't force myself to believe something I don't believe. I can't position my heart in humility and say, God, help my unbelief. So let's get into it. When I stop relying on my eyes as the proof of my faith, then I'll actually be able to do what Hebrews 11.1.3 is. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. They're talking about evidence from something you cannot see. That doesn't line up with my earthly realm of thinking. Evidence is normally something I can't see. <laughs> but, but, but it's like they, um, it's like Paul knows here, um, can't always trust what we see. There's something about what we can't see. In verse 3, it says, Through faith we understand that the words were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Okay. If we can believe that a God that we can't see made all of the things that we can see, then that's the only way that we can believe that the things that we do see, that we don't, okay, let me go back to this. Let's read this again. Hebrews 11, 1, 3. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. When I rely on my eyes to be the foundation of my faith, then my evidence is in what I see. But what have we learned through something simple? We can't always trust what we see with our eyes. 
there's a higher perspective. And it's in this higher perspective, as he goes on to say, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. This whole thing was made by somebody we can't see. We put our faith in something we cannot see. We, we, we believe that this God that we can't see made everything that's in my current reality right now. And yet we allow this current reality to, to tell us who this God is. As if it was the creator. As if what I'm experiencing is the creator. But there, it, we're, give, we're being given a tool here through the word of God. Faith is something that you can't see. It's something that you choose to believe. And that becomes our foundation is what's true. Who's our foundation of what's true? Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. You know, it goes on to say in that verse, it goes on to say, it's Hebrews 12.2. Tony said it this morning. It goes on to say that it was for the joy that set before for him that he endured the cross. Hebrews 12, 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. I think that's probably the most perfect picture that we'll ever get of being able to be looking at a, a, an earthly circumstance that doesn't look good for me looking towards the cross, yet he chose to, to believe in something he could not see, and he put the joy before him so that he could endure what was coming. He saw a certain, this is a biblical principle that we get the opportunity to take as our own and apply to our life. As Jesus was looking towards the cross, he chose to see you and to see me and to prepare his heart with joy. He didn't choose to say, well, this isn't going to be good for me. One more time, God, are you sure about this? He didn't look at our faces and say, well, this is because of you and because of you and because of you. And you're the reason I'm up here. He didn't say, God, give them all, give them everything they deserved while he's hanging there. Forgive them for they know not what they do. He was able to live out his true nature that was given to him by the Father because he chose to prepare himself with joy, even though his circumstances looked terrible. Then he was able to position himself in that joy when he hung on the cross in the greatest pain he'd ever experienced. And the curse was put upon him and the weight of all humanity was put upon him. He was able to, what came out of him was, I forgive them for they know not what they do. It wasn't without preparation. He was a man of many sorrows. He, he, he sweat tears of blood in the garden of Gethsemane. <laughs> you know it. You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. That garden. He sweat. He sweat blood. He he was he wasn't a stranger to stress. He felt 
the fallen world. And he knew that it was going to get worse from there for him. But he chose to put the joy, position himself with joy in front of him. (laughs) What would our lives look like if we're seeing our circumstances are coming or what we're experiencing and we chose to in this moment, God, I lean into the joy. I put your joy before me and I lean into your joy and allow it to become my strength so that in this preparation, when I'm squeezed to, to, when I'm squeezed to the point that I can't bear what's going to come out of me is all that I was made to be. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. I'm grateful. I believe you. I trust you. Ah, man, I want to I live like Jesus lived. And the cool thing is that he died so that I can. That's pretty good news. <laughs> he died so that I can. You know, I'm just going to get into this. The first time that I ever heard, we're talking about better believing. And the first time, and Tony knows me, and he knows I love him. (laughs) The first time that Tony ever said, well, it's not about what you do. You just need to believe better. I was sitting in my seat like, I'm offended. You know, it's a, it's a beautiful truth. It's not about what you do. We just need to believe better. And but here's my thought process. Now, first of all, being offended is not bad. Being offended just feels uncomfortable. But when we believe that the being uncomfortable is a part of who we are, then when we're offended, we take it on as our identity, and then we hate it, and then we hate ourselves, and then we don't want to be around anybody who makes us hate ourselves. <laughs> we don't want to be around anybody who offends us because it makes me hate me, and it makes me not want to be around you. But when we're actually the masters of our feelings, and we're not enslaved to what our feelings feel, but we, they will work for us. Our feelings will be really great indicators of what's going on with us. There's an agitation that happens inside of us when we, we, there's doors that are open inside of us to things that we were not made to live in or created to be. And God does that on purpose because he doesn't want us to, ha- to, to hate ourselves. He loves us. He doesn't want us to be carrying around these things, these triggers, that every time this thing happens, I'm triggered. There's a bomb going to go off, so I, I got to run. I'm going to hide because if, if my bomb goes off, everyone's going to see like who I really am. And then the, I'm going to hate me even more, and then I'm, then I'm not going to want to be around you even more. But he doesn't want us to have those triggers because we weren't made for them. And they're not ours, and they're not who we are. And so this agitation happens inside of us. So when you feel feelings of being offended, um, it's good to just ask the, be like, oh, I'm offended. 
what's God going to heal in me today? Oh, I'm offended. Like, what's God going to reveal to me today, uncover in me today? How am I going to be invited into who I was made to be even more today? Today is going to be such a victory for me. This is God, is, God is showing me that there's more for me. It's good news. We don't let the enemy make us a puppet on a string. He wants to. He wants us to say, this offense is yours because it's who you are and you'll never get over it. So we're like, just handcuffed to our emotions and how we feel. But this agitation is good. So when I was offended by what Tony said, here was a thought process. Okay, God, what's going on? What's going on in me? Why am I offended? I was offended because, now, grammar beliefs, watch out. Here we go. I was offended because at my goodest, believing better felt hard in Samarias. And so my goodest was my goodest, but Tony's goodest was gooder than my goodest. <laughs> and so his gooder, because he's all like, just believe better. And then I just sat back in my chair and believe better and everything. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's so great for you. That's so great. Bless you. <laughs> but like, m my goodest isn't as gooder as you. And so from getting to my goodest to his gooder seemed like I was going to have to perform a lot. There was going to be performance. There was going to be this striving. There was going to be this work in my own strength to, to get to Tony's goodest because Sarah's goodest is just mediocre. And so there's where the offense was coming from. It, it was this feeling of I'm going to have to perform to be good enough. And there's this thing of striving that can come in when we apply biblical principles and we, we try to implement things in our life that are good for us. There's a, this thing of striving that can step in. And, you know, striving really doesn't have anything about what we do. Striving is a belief about who we are. If I believe that my, my effort produces my nature then I'm going to be doing, doing, doing things that I've, okay. If what I do, getting to Tony's gooder, I feel like I'm gonna have to do this stuff and it feels hard because the root of my belief system is that thing is not a part of my nature. Those good things, the implementing the biblical principles, those things that Jesus, we see Jesus do, preparing himself for the cross, putting the joy in front of him, these, these things that are good for us and a part of our nature. If I believe that these things are good, but this is my good and it's not that good, I believe that this good nature is not my nature. And so I'm going to have to work and perform to get it. And then I'm creating this belief within myself that what I do will produce who I'll be. And the power of transformation in my mind is coming from my effort. When my effort has power to do nothing, 
My effort cannot transform me. My effort cannot help me believe better. There is a belief system that happens with striving. It's not that we do good works. Good works are a part of who you are. We do what we ought to do because it's who we are. And when we do things outside of what we ought to do, it normally boils down to it's because we believe we're not these good things. We believe this thing that we're doing, we're participating in, that these desires, these things we keep going back to, these cycles, these lifestyles are really who we are. And this new nature thing is something I'm going to have to achieve and earn. This thing of striving where I say, my effort will produce my nature really comes down to me believing that I have to work for God's love. And in that place, I'll, I'll try to earn my breakthrough. I'll try to earn my transformation. I'll try to earn my new nature, and I'll work really hard to try to keep my new nature, try to keep it up. Got to keep up with this new nature thing. Got to keep up with the performance show. Can't let people see the real creature that's under here. This, I got to like put on the new creature face. There's a, belief, there's a belief system here that the Holy Spirit's poking at in us this morning. What do we really believe about who we are? It doesn't have anything to do with the effort that you're putting in to be a good person, to be a good Christian. Those things are good, but they're a part of who you are. But when we believe they are, our motivation for why they do it changes. Our motivations for why we do these things change. Because we're following after our Father who we're made like. We're following after Jesus. We're following after the one who were made in his image because he shows us who we are. And our desires change. And our thoughts change in our minds saying, I, I love, I love how Ricky said, when I want to change my mind, I just look at him. Jesus is the one who changes my mind. When I want to change my mind about what I believe, I look at him. He's the only one who can change my mind. He's the only one who can transform my belief systems. Listen, if you're struggling today to believe that this new nature is for you, it was settled with the cross. He said it was finished. It was finished. He took the curse upon him. It says, cursed is anyone who hangs on a tree. He took the curse of our old man and released and broke it with the cross. And with his blood, he released the blessing of our new creation, of our new nature. The cross was the only thing that had the power to transform us. It had nothing to do with my effort. I love how Aaron says the, the flood of blood is the flood of love. Nothing was powerful enough to transform but the blood of Jesus, the flood of his love. Nothing is powerful enough to undo what he's done, what love has done.
if I find myself striving, I go back to, Father, who are you? Who will you be to me? And who do you say I am? When I truly know him, I realize that I'm fully accepted and loved just as I am. And at Romans 8:38, what the cross did can't he what the cross did with that the the flood of blood, the flood of love, what love did on the cross cannot be undone. There is no power on the earth above the earth that can transform my mind. And in the same way as Romans 8:38 says, for I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's nothing on the earth, under the earth, above the earth had the power to transform but the blood of Jesus. And nothing on the earth, above the earth, or under the earth has the power to get rid of what he's done. Certainly not the way we're thinking about ourselves. Certainly not my effort or lack thereof. It was his blood that did the work. It was his blood Lord. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fountain. the same blood the same blood the same power it's the only thing with the power to save redeem restore transform the blood of Jesus it has the same power same power that raised Christ from the dead it has the same power today in this moment in this room, there's an invitation from the Holy Spirit for each of us to be invited in to who he says we are.
where we look at his face and we let him change our mind. Because it doesn't matter what I do or how many things I put in place. If I'm not looking to his face to see who I am, there is no transformation going to be taking place. When I look to his face, I'm changed. Will you stand with me this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can we just put out our hands to Jesus this morning? I, I believe that the Lord wants us to receive from him. I'm going to sing that, what can wash away my sin one more time. I'm going to sing about the blood of Jesus because I feel his presence on it. I want us to put out our hands, and he wants us to receive what was a free gift. It's always been a free gift. It's always been a free gift. It's always been free. There was never any effort that earned where you are with the Lord. It was a free gift to you. It's a free gift. It was free. It was free. Our children do not have to earn our love and affection. We look at them and we're in love. There's nothing that they could even do. When we held them in our arms, we were in love. It's a free gift. None of us held our children and said, you're going to have to earn this love. Maybe one day I'll love you. The father holds us in his arms and he says, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. There is nothing you could ever do to earn this love. It's a free gift. I love you, I love you. There is nothing you could ever do, nothing you could ever say, not nowhere you could ever run that will outrun my love for you. I love you, I love you, I love you. That even when you run far, I'll see you from afar off and come running to meet you because I love you, I love you, I love you. I believe the Lord is welcoming us home this morning. He's welcoming us into who he made us to be. I'm going to sing that over you guys. And after that, the prayer team can come. I believe the Lord wants us to receive this free gift. He wants us to become aware of what he's given us because of the cross. And just as a sign of surrender, we're going to put our hands out and receive that. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow 
prayer team you can come thank you lord for what you're doing in hearts thank you god we look to your face and we're changed we look to your face to see who we are thank you god thank you lord thank you lord I bless you guys if you want further prayer you want family to agree with you if you got pain in your body healers in the room. If you want family to agree with you in this truth, come on up and see our prayer team. We trust them. All right, you guys enjoy your Sunday. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.org.